0: Hello and welcome to Gatsby Friday's Season 2! Woohoo! Show about getting the best out of a creative life from two creative directors working around the world and based in New York City.
1: I'm your host Alex Jamilio.
0: And I'm Sarah Semy.
1: We start a movie series in Season 2 with a film that has become a cult classic of the action movie genre, Point Break.
0: For this episode, we watched the 1991 original and the 2015 remake and we're comparing the two. Does the original hold up? And does the remake do it justice?
1: And at the end of each episode, we make a signature cocktail, Toast Cheers, to you.
0: So hang with us as we get into Point Break in our movie series. I'm Sarah.
1: And I'm Alex. And and this this is Gatsby Fridays. Fridays. Sarah, before we get into our conversation, let's do a check-in. How are you? And what are you wearing?
0: I'm doing good. I'm, I'm feeling good. I'm excited to start second season. Season two, baby. And uh, well, I was trying to like do a little beachy theme outfit for this That's episode, but it's well, it's not summer in New York anymore, so I can't really do the cutoff shorts and a cute beach top. So I have ripped, destroyed black denim a and, a, and a sweatshirt slash like a moto sweatshirt. moto sweatshirt, um, combo. It's toasty, it's comfy, it's also got the little edginess.
1: Yes, it's getting into theme.
0: Um, so that's, yeah, and my usual work sneakers.
1: love it. How I
0: think are you? you pulled it off
1: well. What? I think you pulled it off well.
0: Thank you. How are you and what are you wearing?
1: I am stoked. I am feeling fantastic. Today, so summer has ended and we are well into fall. Uh, it's October, so it is almost obviously... Almost end of. Almost end of fall, put it that way. And we are getting into the cooler months uh so today was a rainy day, but to get into the theme of point break, I decided to do a couple of things. First, I woke up bright and early and I went skateboarding in the rain. It's not surfing.
0: <laughs>
1: and I have not skated since the late eighties, but I wanted to get some of that in there. So I did that at the skate park this morning and what we I'm got wearing, some
0: cool video out of that.
1: Maybe maybe I'll post some of the uh, that that one video that I shot this morning. Maybe mm-hmm. I'll do that. Yeah. Uh, in terms check, of what I'm wearing. Check Instagram stories. Yeah, I'll put it, I'll we'll put it on the Instagram story so everyone could see my terrible, terrible skating. Very cautious. Very <laughs> cautious I was. <laughs> um, I'm wearing, so I'm wearing this t-shirt that's a hot pink t-shirt and it's a Warriors of Radness t-shirt. Now, I got this t-shirt in, in Malibu or maybe in Santa Monica when I was in L.A. and Warriors of Radness is a brand that's out of L.A., that is 80s surf inspired
0: okay
1: they've since went out of business but i got this oh, t-shirt Oh, that's but cool. one of my dreams and i'm just going to put it out there into the sky into the ether of, of the universe if ever an opportunity came to revive the brand and me as creative director i would totally take the job because i love this brand
0: why don't you create that job let's go after it
1: yeah that's what i want I, but i want the name too warriors of radness is a Hello. cool name
0: who owns it? Let's find out.
1: Well, so here's the controversy. It is owned by the controversial figure Dove Charney of American Apparel.
0: Ew.
1: Yes. So that is the tricky part about the.
0: Yeah, you're about, not to, you know. He owns the name. So you're I think. never gonna own it. Own it. Like I wanted that to be your brand after that, but oh no. Oh my god! I would it love would it. be work for hire.
1: Yeah. But still, I mean, the aesthetic is right. cool. We're gonna be getting its Point Break, and since it's an 80s movie, it has yep. a very, very 80s.
0: You keep calling it 80s. Oh, I'm sorry. 90s.
1: 90s movie. 90s movie.
0: Early 90s. Early, very
1: early 90s. That's why it's 91. So that's why I kept on thinking
0: maybe. It was, I know it's
1: not. it's not. But it's a it's a 90s movie, but with a 90s uh, surf aesthetic, which I love. I love all the fashion that's in it. So I'm wearing, you know, uh, washed jeans, really, really washed out jeans, and checkered vans. I think oh,
0: how appropriate.
1: I think I think I'm ready to get into it, yeah. Sarah, we started Gatsby Fridays many, many eons ago, and the hallmark of Gatsby Fridays was our movie nights.
0: Yes. Once a week.
1: Once a week consistently we watched movies and we watched and we weren't highbrow. We watched all types of movies.
0: Everything.
1: You know, we, art house films, blockbusters, high and low, everything. So when it came to picking a movie to start our movie series, we decided on Point Break. Why do you think it was a good movie to kick the series off with?
0: I think we're just, we're, we're both, like, I think we're at the phase in our lives where we're very nostalgic about good stuff from our youth a little bit i think that played a huge role like just reminiscing about like even when we did the new york love letter episode like we're reminiscing we're there's this need that i keep going back to things that made me who i am now and appreciating it in a way maybe i'm at that age um so this is one of those like this is an up like i i was coming of age when i watched this i mean i am a couple years younger than you and i was living in turkey at the time so i probably didn't see it in the summer of 91 mm. But still, like, I'm a 90s kid. I was too young in the 80s to be an 80s kid. I was, I was not aware of what it was. This, I, I didn't even, I didn't understand the hype around Swayze back then. And Kenneries was a throb. <laughs> so, and it's like the surfer culture that I'd never seen in my life before. Like, I learned so much and I was just like, oh my God, mesmerized about this life that they can live is just there, on the beach.
1: Is there surfing in Turkey?
0: No. No, okay. There's windsurfing. Oh, uh, yeah. Which okay. I, I, I try to not do All well. I do not like it. I hear that's very difficult. It's so hard. Yeah. I spent hours trying to, like, just lift the damn thing up, mm-hmm. and then I gave up. I, I do better with water skiing. But um, anyway, so, like, for me, like, I, I have that nostalgia. You have a different, like, nostalgia. You have, a, it turns out, a whole lot more oh than I knew. Goodness. I mean, I knew you were into it, but...
1: This movie is probably one of my most favorite movies of all time. The nostalgia, same,
0: but not to your level.
1: <laughs> We're gonna get into that. the 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 obsessiveness that I have of this movie, um, but the nostalgia for me comes from, well, the fashion, the, the the. Also, it's a world that I didn't know. Just like you growing up in Turkey, I mean, I grew up in Brooklyn, concrete uh, streets, uh, yeah. like it was yeah. surf culture. Uh, the beach, this whole California lifestyle was such a foreign concept to me. But the, but the movie, even though it's a fictionalized story, made it palpable for me to see that life is a life that people live. And, and I really thought it was just, it's, it's just fascinating, you know. And I came to the movie uh, in, I think, college. So I didn't even watch it. I mean, so, if so you it was, didn't watch I mean,
0: it when it came out either. I didn't watch
1: it when it came out in the theater. It came out ninety one. So uh,
0: uh. yeah, I mean, I I watched it on a TV, on a like cable channel TV, like paid cable channel TV in Turkey. So that means it must have been like mid to late nineties at least for it to reach that level. What was your of what was your
1: first impression when you saw it?
0: I mean, it's been so long, but I remember being like mesmerized by the lifestyle, like just the idea of being on a beach. And, like, you know, we have beautiful sandy beaches in Turkey, but it's nothing like the Pacific. Like, it's different, like, the scale of the beach, the extent of it. And, like, these guys just living on the beach, bonfires at night, like, just, like, oh, my God. Real
1: bleached blonde hair. you know, like,
0: when I was, like, you know, now I see the violence in the movie in a different way. I clearly didn't understand the philosophy and all of that stuff. I was just like, oh, my God, it's a love story. It's also, like, you know, beautiful men and beautiful women. I mean, men, multiples. (laughs) So, like, I, I, I didn't really fully grasp it. And I think one of the things I like about it is that every time that I watch it over the years, I picked up on something else. Yes, same. It's not just an same. action movie. There's a lot more, like, in-depth thinking philosophy behind it, which is kind of like you keep discovering it over time. I mean, because of my age advancing.
1: <laughs> also, the, the acting of Patrick Swayze. Oh, like, Patrick he Swayze the, Swayze That and character yeah. and him in that character are indistinguishable. I think he makes that. I mean, Keanu Reeves definitely makes the movie what it is. I think everyone did a good job. Yes. Gary Busey. Gary Busey. I think everyone did a good job in that movie.
0: Yeah. So, and since we both love that movie, I think it had to be that one. Yes. Yes. For some reason it was on my mind recently when we were talking about that. I didn't want to say it out loud because I like Ooh. I just didn't want to call the movie on my own and I was just trying to guide you in the conversation You're like, "How about late? How about the 90s?" And then you <laughs> like as if you were reading my mind, you jumped like, "Yes." The thing that made this more interesting is because they did a remake and when I when I heard it came out, I refused to watch it. Same. And if it wasn't for this episode of, like, you know, doing due diligence, like, if we're going to talk about Point Break, cannot talk about it now without addressing the remake, I would probably never watch the remake. I had no interest in watching it. So, but I think it made a more, like, you know, interesting conversation.
1: It's going to because, I mean, first, why remake? a classic why why remake something that's not hate, broken
0: yes <laughs> just write a new story
1: but i'm glad you picked it because now it gives us really two things to kind of measure up against each other I mean, which is going to be general
0: unique. issue with remakes if you're going to make it make it a brand new story right like i think the thing that was interesting and in, not that it was a you know I don't know like uh critically acclaimed movie but when they did great expectations they didn't do it like one-to-one based on the classic story they modernized it they they put different spins on it and made it interesting if you're gonna retell the same story like they did a little bit of that but it still didn't like it was just like it felt like it was just like a cheap knockoff of it there but like just tell me a new story just say we were inspired by Bodhi's philosophy and Mead wrote a brand new story.
1: Well, they did. They attempted. I mean, we're going to get into the yeah. into the, yeah, the, the nuance and the differences between the two. Um, but they they did attempt to tell a new story. And we're going to get into that.
0: That's true. They did, but then, you know, it didn't. I don't know. They still, I don't know. It was too similar, but not similar enough. Like, I don't know. What I would have liked to see is complete departure from that. Like that. I don't
1: know I don't know I don't disagree I think what you want is you want the feeling and the impression it's kind of like you know you read a book they make an adaptation to the uh, of a book to a movie they pull the parts that they feel are relevant I like stories best when they when it's impressions yeah. when it's thoughtful impressions agree we're, we're gonna yeah.
0: well you like trivia and facts about movies so tell me a couple of things about Point Break so
1: Here we go. Point Break, 1991 version, cost $24 million to make. It grossed over $80 million. It wasn't necessarily a blockbuster, but it was a respectable haul. And Catherine Bigelow directed that one. The remake, now, we're not sure if it's a one-to-one ratio in terms of what the monetary value of what it cost to make now.
0: Versus back then?
1: Versus back then, but it cost over $100 million to make. This new version of it and only grossed 133 million, which is basically I mean,
0: yacht not, party scenes, dirt bike scenes, the, tech, the, the, the tools that they needed. You do not need that many wheels and whistles to tell an impressive story.
1: And that's 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 what I want. I think ultimately to walk away from this conversation <laughs> about like there is there is a beauty to the original that was clean and simple.
0: Did it win anything the original?
1: So the first one didn't win any awards, which was very curious because, in my humble opinion, <laughs> I think Patrick Swayze, no, he should have not only got nominated, he should have won a damn award that year, he 1991. Was good. So I, I I delved into the history and I thought to myself, who did win an Oscar? So Jeremy Irons won for *Reversal of Fortune*. Um, Kathy Bates won Best Actress for *Misery*, which was a very good movie. Uh, But the most interesting fact, at least to me, was that Whoopi Goldberg won for Best Supporting Actress in Ghost, which also starred my man, Patrick Swayze.
0: (laughs) Did the remake mean anything?
1: The remake did win. I doubt it. (laughs) It Uh, didn't win an Oscar. (laughs) (laughs) Shocker. (laughs) But it did win Best Action Choreography uh, in the uh, Jackie Chan International Film Festival. So. I there guess you go. I can
0: see why. Yeah,
1: a lot of stunts.
0: I'm not that Jackie impressed. Chan would
1: be proud. <laughs> All right.
0: Let's about let's talk about the actors. Keanu Reeves made his name by playing the beautiful confused man, young man. Yes. And. Like he he did that he did speed he was always just like on the rush and like like confused and then and then he was a little lost in in the two thousands and then he did matrix and then in the matrix his character is confused so it, it was kind of fitting that worked out and then he disappeared and somehow more recently in pop culture he came back as this. Super nice, good person. Everybody respects him. Like all of this, like loved figure. He became this enigma. All of Don't a sudden. Don't you
1: think he was always that way?
0: No, I think he was lost for a while. Like he well, was. Well, he
1: was lost. I mean, there were all those like, memes to, of him. To like, us, <laughs> meaning
0: <laughs> like to, to us, the little people that watch him on screen, right? Like, in the news, like you know, and then and you know, like he did some, you know, some crappy rom coms.
1: There was a patch. There he had a rough patch.
0: Right. I mean, definitely.
1: Definitely. He came back with The Matrix. But, you know, before, prior to doing Point Break, uh, he did a series of uh, smaller films, Art House Films, My Own Private Idaho, and The Bill and Ted movies.
0: Which they're remaking now. Which they're
1: remaking now. See,
0: that I find interesting because now the, both of them are old. How are they going to play that off? Like, I, I'm I, ex- I expect quite it curious. to be. Yeah, like, I think that it would be fun to watch. Like, it's not trying to, like, rock on the dam of the actually really well made movie
1: what well, we have yet to see though. Well, yeah. <laughs> we'll see. But like,
0: you know, we'll but even like as soon as I heard there was a remake of Point Break, I was like, nope, not for me.
1: I, well, you know, I got to say because I love Point Break. I had high hopes.
0: Really? I knew no, that the, the original cast, immediately. I knew
1: that the original cast was not going to be about it, but I but but I thought the same ethos would be there. Mm. Obviously, it mm. was not. <laughs> Clearly. Um I, we're going to I don't know. Talk so, about that and further. Then
0: and then Patrick Swayze. Oh, my heart breaks. He is...
1: What a what an I actor. Mean, what a talent. What, what a, a man.
0: Oh, my God. Like, when they jump off the plane, and he's doing, like, the air acrobatics, and then his toes are pointed because he was a dancer, and then that immediately takes me back to Dirty Dancing, even though the acting doesn't, like, you know, acting, you, you get lost in this character in Bodhi, but then that little didbit just reminds me that he's a dancer, like... The other guys are jumping. They're not pointing their toes like that.
1: He did his own stunts. Uh-huh. Uh, can tell? He, did, he did his own jumping uh, out of the plane.
0: And there was this one scene that they're just talking to each other. And it's like a close-up of their heads only. And I'm like, I don't know which one to look at. I don't know which one to look at. They're so beautiful.
1: It was, you know, California surf culture, right? Surf bodies. But, uh. I, but Swayze, the character of Bodhi... Let's let's get into let's get into the nuances of the characters then cuz that's a, that's what it yeah. to. The character of Bodie like he was well casted and I'm trying to think if Catherine Bigelow had someone else in mind and I don't think so. I think she knew it was going to be him. There were there were other options for the Keanu Reeves Johnny Utah character. Who? Matthew Broderick for one.
0: Ew. Was no. going to be? No, he's too dorky.
1: And I'm going to throw... I mean, I can
0: see the dork fitting in there, but what?
1: I'm going to throw another one out there. Willem Dafoe.
0: What? No. (laughs) No, He was also considered for the Wasn't he too old for that by then? He probably...
1: I probably was, but playing an FBI agent who was trying to infiltrate a surf club... Like, could you ever picture Willem Dafoe surfing?
0: no. No? no. I mean, I can't. I can't. I think he would pull it off, but... I can't, now that this is so perfectly crafted in my mind that I can't swap the characters out.
1: These were studio notes. He would be
0: better than Matthew Broderick, I can tell you that. Yeah,
1: that much That much is true. But Catherine Bigelow fought for Keanu Reeves to play the part, mm. and the studio didn't want him to do it because he wasn't a big enough name.
0: Mm, mm, at the time. mm At the time. No, no, she knew. She knew. She knew. Well, and for the remake, Bodhi is played by Edgar Ramirez. Yes. I saw him in the Wasp Network recently on Netflix with Penelope Cruz, um, playing this uh, this Cuban guy that's in Miami, like trying to like I don't know like Cuban politics and espionage kind of film okay. based on a true story. He was okay in. It. I kind of want to. I want to like him more, mm-hmm. and I I don't know what what's keeping me. And then I saw the remake, and then I can't like him now. So I'm like no.
1: No. What, I, what I think is that I I don't know too much about Edgar Ramirez's career. I feel like
0: I don't know enough either. I feel like he
1: he could be a good actor. I, I need to see more of his work. But I felt like same you're you're filling huge shoes. Yes, huge shoes that even he were are not filled at all. He understands that are not that's there he wouldn't be capable of. So he approached the character very differently. Wasn't my taste or my flavor. But
0: Well, also the storyline is story- different. Yeah. So, I mean, this, the, the, which we'll get into a little bit more of like the, the Bodhi's philosophy thing. But who do you think would have made a better Bodhi in,
1: oh, okay. in In
0: the remake? So I'm, glad,
1: I'm glad we waited for this. Cause, and I'm also glad you're sitting down. Okay. Here we go. Matthew McConaughey. <gasps> yes. He, right? He's so good. I, think I would love
0: play, me so Matthew McConaughey. I
1: think he would be a compelling Bodhi.
0: Oh, my God, yes. He would do it so well, too. Yes. Yeah. I think
1: he'd be the only person
0: who could do it well. You are absolutely right.
1: And he should have been in the (gasps) remake.
0: I know. Yeah, I also felt like, you know, Bodhi, I wanted Bodhi... I don't know. Yeah, no.
1: Also, Edgar Ramirez, to me, didn't embody the look. If I can even say that... If I can say that, is is that something that's not controversial to say?
0: No, it's not, because here's why. The remake was was not about surfer dudes. It's about extreme sports. So yes. That already, like you know, that's that they're trying to tell it in a new way, which I understand why. Fair enough. But I think Edgar Ramirez has a little bit of a um, a stuffier dude look. Like I, I, don't. He
1: doesn't seem chill. He
0: doesn't. Well, he doesn't seem chill enough to be Bodhi. But this, this, these people are are more aggressive. Yes. In this, in this, in the remake, but I also don't see him being. He, he is more granola, which is fitting to the new storyline in his appearance. But like in a bad, in a, in a negative connotation. And I also saw something. He's not sharp enough. There's something stuffy about Edgar Ramirez, which would be perfect for some other roles. Just this one. I, there's this lightness about Shuezi that he brings on, right? Like,
1: and I have to say, it doesn't feel like... Like
0: personality th- presence in the room.
1: Edgar Ramirez. Uh, no, no knock on him as a person. Has not lived this lifestyle. Swayze lives this lifestyle. Matthew McConaughey li- lives this lifestyle. And I feel like they understand what that was about. They understand how to uh, be in that type of an existence.
0: I get that. But I also... I mean, it's their job to act, right?
1: What, what? Yeah. You know, who's yes. to say
0: that Edgar Ramirez did not do Extreme Sport for six months getting ready for this movie, right? Like, that, I don't think that that's... That's just a lucky benefit for those. For like, those guys. For, okay. Yeah, like someone who has not lived a surfer lifestyle, it's his job to portray that character. He will figure it out. Okay. If he's a good actor.
1: I mean, in the remake... Of
0: course, it helps, but...
1: In the remake, I feel like... well, So then, in that case, then, in the remake, he his look fits in place in the world of the remake.
0: Kind of, and it doesn't. I don't know. Like, I can see the remake Johnny Utah... Physically, like, appearance-wise, fitting into that. You know, the hotshot extreme sports guy turning into, like, the FBI agent. I get that. Um, who was playing him?
1: Luke, uh, Luke Bracey.
0: Oh! He was in Little Fires Everywhere. I just saw him this spring, quarantine. You
1: How know? was he in that?
0: Oh, he was, he was real good looking in that. I had to, that's the only reason I know his name, because I had to look up and be like, who's playing this dude? Because I've never seen him before. Hmm. But he was playing a New York Times reporter in that, so like I he and he was super sleek and charming with it, and I was just like, "Oh, hello, who is this? I found a new screen crush. I did not like him in this. I didn't even have a screen crush in it.
1: I have a I have another one for Utah.
0: Who would better play Johnny Utah in a remake, Alex? Charlie Hunnam. Who's that?
1: He's the the uh, the British guy from Sons of Anarchy, the blonde one. Ooh.
0: He was also in. Uh... No, he's too, he's too like surfer dude looking. Hmm. You know what? Like the appearance, in like I like the contrast between. Tanner Reeves sleek, white, like black hair, yes. t- like combed back, and like the baby pure face of like the white American football dude, the quarterback. All American. Versus. Yeah. Bodie being the shaggy haired. I think whoever's gonna play needs to have be able to pull off the super clean cut look.
1: Who would who would you think then? I don't who know. Archie figure? Hammer? Army Hammer?
0: Army Hammer. Army Hammer.
1: He can he can pull off the FBI the square FBI aesthetic. I don't know if he would if think... he would be relaxed enough to be the surfer.
0: I think he well. Canerese wasn't either. It's like true. The, it's, actually he, he, like, did,
1: he had to learn how to surf by the
0: way. I think the, I get this movie. one. I think Armander okay, maybe. Would be, you need that clean-cut American baby boy face. Yeah. To contrast the shagginess of the of the extreme person that he falls into the philosophical trap up like
1: I don't disagree. I think that's a that's a good one. Yeah.
0: All right. When we get back, we will continue our conversation on Point Break. This is Gatsby Fridays. So before we move on to our favorite part of this and every episode, since you're such a big fan of mm. the original, mm. summarize how you feel about the first one versus the second one.: Okay. Very very quick. I'll
1: start, I'll start with the second one. I think overall, the second one lacked the elegance. Yes of, of what the original. Of the original movie and its original intent, to me, it personally just felt like one big Mountain Dew commercial, <laughs> and that is sadly what I have to say about the remake. What I want to say about the original, and once again, every time I see it, I, I discover something new about it, uh-huh. how, first of all, the cinematography and the way it was shot is incredibly beautiful. It is stunning, yeah. these, these, the, the surfing sequences and the underwater sequences uh, that Catherine Bigelows put together. Yeah.
0: Okay. Today we are making the perfect surfing companion Micheladas.
1: Yes. Tasty.
0: So I had my first Michelada at Cafe Bono Elizabeth Street and fell in love.
1: Oh I yeah, I remember that place.
0: Yeah, like that I was a good place. I I was like, Oh, beer and on ice, like what? With hot sauce. Like, <laughs> Well, they also had just the lime version and the hot sauce version, which is, it's a Cuban place. So it wasn't like, so this is a Mexican drink technically, but um, there's also a Cuban version. Um, first of all, I don't like beer.
1: Yeah. We, so,
0: we. I know. So I only drink beer when it's ice cold, I'm most likely hungover on a beach, Then I'm just like chugging it.
1: That's a good and way it's,
0: I, it's the only way that I, I just would drink beer straight up from a bottle. Um, and even then, it's still not my favorite, but I love spicy stuff and I like tart stuff, like lime juice makes everything taste so much better. So the mix of hot sauce and lime juice makes the drink taste less about beer. So you're, you have fizzy, you have spice, you have the lime, it's, like, it's incredibly refreshing. And there are many recipes for cheladas and micheladas. Um, some use clam tomato juice called Clamato, um, some of them use steak sauce, some of them use tamarind concentrate. There's a Cuban version, there's a Mexican version. So, in the usual Gatsby style, I'm not going to go for the exactly classic one.
1: Okay, make
0: it at um, home. I'm going to make it super simple, which is how I make it at home. First, you need a chili salt rim for your glass. Pick a tall glass. Um, rub a wedge of lime on the edge this will make the rim stuff stick and the rim stuff can be just salt Mm -hmm. doesn't have to be super fancy or you can make your own spicy salt chili lime zest mixture so lime zest a little bit of salt a little bit of you know spicy pepper Uh. pepper dust like it could be paprika paprika is not spicy like um, cayenne or something more um, flavorful a Mexican Mexican, uh, chili and then that would be your thing. Or the way I do it is tahine is a Mexican chili and lime thing that you just buy as is. Okay. And you can buy this on Amazon. You can buy it on Target. Um, I, I used to carry a pocket size of these in my purse. <laughs> Rim your for own glasses. Well, you know, you can put it on anything. You can put it on avocados. You can put it on tacos. I oh, love it. It's, it's, it's incredible. If you like that type of tartness, it's, it's addictive. So... I just use it with tahini at home because I have it and I like it. Um, so you fill your glass after that. After you rim and the, and you do the flavor on the edge, you fill your glass halfway with ice. I like a lot of lime, so I put a whole lime in it. But um, you, can, you need at least a half because there's other stuff that goes into it. And then you add your hot sauce. And this one, it's, it's important what kind of hot sauce it is. So you have to pick one that has a little bit of a kick, but depth of flavor from the chilies and definitely not garlicky. So you can't use Tabasco. You can't use Sriracha. Mm. Um, I I made the mistake of making it buying the wrong Cholula once. That was a garlic flavor. It was just, it was not good. So from experience, no garlic. So a Cholula, Tapatio or Valentina all would work. They have a little bit more like flavor depth and then the heat. And we're going to use the only beer I like, which is a Negro Modelo. Um, So you put, you top the ice with lime juice, hot sauce, and then you top it with beer to fill the glass. You need some sort of a stir stick or a saw to like kind of kick the sauce and lime juice around while you're drinking it. I don't like mixing it all at once. Sometimes you get a little bit more of a spicy sip. Sometimes you get a little bit more limey sip. um, And that's it. It's like, it is the most refreshing, incredible combination of flavors.
1: I'm ready to have this with crispy fish tacos. Yum.
0: Thank you for hanging with us. For a list of cool stuff and references mentioned in this episode, hop onto our site, gatsbyfridays.com.
1: You can find the Michelada recipe on our website, gatsbyfridays.com.
0: For show notes, if you want to leave a comment, suggest a show topic, get us out on our site or on Instagram.
1: Don't forget to rate us, give us five stars, write a review on Apple Podcasts. It really helps and get us in front of more ears and build our audience. Or if you're a Spotify person, make sure to follow us at Gatsby Fridays.
0: Or follow us on Instagram, at Gatsby Fridays.
1: Stay with us, and our next episode, we'll talk about things we collect.
0: And this This is Gatsby Fridays.